Hello everyone, welcome to an impromptu live stream. I wanted to talk to you because I just saw this on Twitter and no one in my real life cares about this and so I thought I would come online and talk with my friends and buddies about this. And that is the fact that Twitter just put out an announcement that they are shutting down Periscope. And what I thought was really, we're gonna go look this up real quick here, because I think it's in March. So it's actually fairly soon, right? Twitter shutting down Periscope. So we're gonna go look this up and it is shutting it down. It's so five years after being acquired by Twitter and Periscope is shutting down. And so they're saying that it is too expensive to maintain and people are not using uh, Periscope to stream. So first of all, I wanna know, does anybody here actually use Periscope? So let me know if you actually use Periscope because I'd be curious to know who out there is using it. Periscope, first of all. And then who here cares that Periscope is actually shutting down? So I recently have only been going back into Periscope because, um, you know, it is the, the app owned by Twitter, whatever. And um, so if you're going live on Twitter, you're going live through Periscope. A few things about the, about the downfall of this whole Periscope and this thing is, first of all, I don't know who has gone back and tried to actually replay things on Periscope. I find it extremely difficult to navigate their actual interface. Is that just me? You guys let me know if that's just me. But I feel like it's extremely difficult to navigate that and it really shouldn't be. Like it's, they make it way harder than needs to be. Also, if it weren't for the fact that I use, um, I guess I could put it on screen here, I use Restream and so I can then um, broadcast to a whole bunch of different places at the same time. And what's nice about that is you don't even have to think about it, you know? And actually, oh, hey, Daniel Batal's in the house. How you doing, man? Nice to see you. Uh, yeah, I was just actually really surprised that, that Twitter is shutting it down, but I'm not surprised at all because with the rise in Facebook streaming, with Twitch streaming, with, you know, YouTube streaming, Instagram streaming, like who is using Periscope? It's just one of those things that like people forget about and they're like, I thought it already shut down, just like Vine. I thought it was already done. Like, Who's still using it? So like I was saying, like if it weren't for the fact that I was just using it because it's hooked up to Restream as one more place to put my video, I would not really even think twice about it shutting down. So not surprised at all. And who is like, not that I know of, who is exclusively streaming on Periscope? Like I, I just don't know anyone who's, who's really doing that. Maybe I'm wrong on that one, but um, people will have to let me know in the replay and everything. But I have to say, this is just one more reminder when it comes to like live streaming, unless you're, you know, Ninja <laughs> and you end up signing this multi-million dollar deal to stream exclusively on one platform, which is funny because then that platform went under, right? And then he was no longer under contract and he was able to go out and stream to go back to Twitch or YouTube or whoever was going to pay him the most amount of dollars. Unless you're that, I would just never, ever ever want to be beholden to any one platform because at any time that particular platform could shut down or just close up shop or let's not forget that the panic that ensued what was it yesterday when YouTube and Google or whatever shut down for just a few hours and people lost their minds about it like just how much the world revolves around it so this is just one of those times that I'd be like there's just no way that if you are a creator out there 
and you're focusing only on one platform, because I know some people would be like, just go deep into one platform. What if that was Vine? What if it was Vero? What if it was MySpace? And then all of a sudden those sites go down and under and you're just like holding the bag with most followed person on Vero, but guess what? It doesn't exist anymore. So like services like, you know, Restream or places where you can broadcast multiple places at the same time and just be on whatever platforms that people are actually on. Um, I think that is going to be a huge growing trend and because nobody wants to go stream exclusively on one and then get off and then go stream exclusively on another because it's like that's just replicating work and for what results so I just think I, I see this rise of all of these multi-streaming platforms going out and then it has a new question when it is going to come to what is it that these platforms are going to be able to do because they're not going to be super excited about all of these platforms where they're not getting exclusive content, right? So what can they do to entice or sweeten the pot to make people actually want to only stream on there? So I know that if you're a Twitch affiliate, you know, you're not allowed to multi-stream to YouTube exactly at the same time. You have to wait a week and then you can put out the content. But besides that, because I don't know how much money they're making off of Twitch and affiliates and subscriptions, but there's going to have to be something that is eventually going to have to come down the line where these places are going to have to offer better incentives for people to be exclusive to their own platforms when something like this happens. And let's not forget then you've got, you know, was it Dr. Dangerous or whatever his name is where um, I forget his name, but he was on Twitch, a really big streamer. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Disrespect, is that right? He was then booted from the platform and that's his number one moneymaker. It just comes to show that time and time again, you cannot rely on any one platform. So if, you know, YouTube goes down or your channel gets demonetized or you can't use it anymore, do you have plan B, C, D, E, and F all through every single letter of the alphabet? Because you just never know what is going to happen. And I just, I wish people would understand that it's just not smart to ever think that any one platform is gonna take care of you for the rest of your days. Like, I just think that's a weird way to think about that. It's just not realistic, so. So I also wanna know, if anybody out there is listening, do you use any kind of service to stream to multiple places? And what is that service that you use? Yeah, so I just, I'm really, really surprised well, one, that Periscope even exists, but that people are just always so enamored with the idea of getting big on any one platform, you know, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, (laughs) TikTok. So I actually had a personal friend of mine who had a TikTok channel. She grew to 100,000, and then she had some people start reporting some of her videos for, um, you know, adult content, even though necessarily it wasn't. And then TikTok eventually shut down her entire channel. So if she was making content, and I know that she was making content and she was gonna have like a video game console for like a giveaway and she was going to, um, like she was getting money from the creator fund and just poof, gone overnight. And what do you do if you went all in and you then forgot about YouTube or Instagram or other places and then having to be like oh how can I even download all of my data or like my 
awesome content that I created inside of TikTok that's all in my profile. I can't even access my account, therefore I can't access any of those videos. And she was asking me for help and I was like, well, you probably have a copy of all of those from when you created it, right? It automatically downloads to your phone. And I was like, even though those aren't great, you could crop them to a four by five, cut out the watermark, repost them on Instagram Reels or something. And then she's like, no, I didn't select that option to download copies of, you know, cause uh, I think hard drive space on her phone was a concern. And I was like, oh, oh, that's interesting because I even went an additional step further and I, um, on a lot of mine, especially like on my iPhone and whatnot, I download all of my TikToks as a live photo and then you can convert a live photo into a video. That way it has a much smaller watermark. That way if I want to just crop it in a little bit and then put it on um, Instagram Reels or um, someplace else, it doesn't have that annoying huge watermark from TikTok all over it taking up room on the screen. So I even do additional steps where I download all of my TikToks and save them and then like put them up in like uh, Google Photos or in the cloud or someplace so that if I want to, I can pull them down and reuse them. That is not apparently the case for a lot of people. So what happens if also all of your content is then held hostage inside of a platform that you no longer have access to? Um, I could use a little makeup, trust me. <laughs> I don't know. You're very beautiful just as is, just as is. You use StreamYard to stream to multiple locations. Yeah, that's an awesome one. If you're out there and you wanna come on and have a chat, if you're, if you're not doing anything, I'll send you a link, Daniel. We can have a little chat and uh, happy to discuss with you. It's nice to see that you're still out there though. Thank you. But um, I mean, I'm sure Daniel knows too because he's working with people and you know their their focus is i want to get big on youtube i want to get big on youtube i i just want to grow my youtube and at some point you also have to be like yeah to what end what does that do for you what is the next step what is the process and uh, i've been in some of these facebook groups as you do and you're starting to look at some of the people making posts and so much of it is about only growing one platform and i have been like so like insistent upon like taking content, repurposing it and wanting to put it on so many other platforms, especially I think that this 2021, it's starting to happen now, but the the push into short form vertical content is going to be huge. It's going to explode. And I'm so excited to like see it and like maybe be part of it because um, it's something I strongly, strongly believe in because I think Vertical video is one of the easiest ways to do a video and then have it be able to be on like so many different sites, right? Because if you think about it, if you take then your landscape video and then you want to put it on TikTok, it just doesn't do as well because it's meant to be viewed in a portrait orientation, just like Snapchat is, just like really Facebook should, um, some of those videos should be. It's just better in a vertical format. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, no, but I swear to you, it is true. And I just, I, I strongly believe that next year it is going to be, I mean, just look at what's happening with YouTube shorts right now, right? They're telling you flat out, we want videos that are under 60 seconds that are shot in vertical brought here. Like we're going to showcase them. We're going to let your people know about them. We're going to like have it on the shorts shelf. We're gonna have it in the what to watch next. We're going to actually expose it to people who aren't even subscribed to you that we think would like it. Like 
if that is not telling to you, <laughs> because Google and YouTube itself are always shrouded in secrecy and what it is that they want and, and what it is that they're telling you is like important, but they're literally telling you vertical video short form is important to us. Give us that so we can feature you or, you know, help you and show you to more places. So if you think about that, like the number one video site in the world is saying, hey, give us short form vertical videos. I'm just saying short form vertical videos. So let's chat about this. I'm just making sure that um, not missing anything here that Twitter is just like nope we give up and you know who else gave up Quibi and that is just one of those weird things where they show you like it literally had like a billion dollars behind it right and they're like we can't keep this thing afloat <laughs> I think that's crazy I think it's crazy it, it goes to show like attention in the video space is difficult it is difficult even when you toss a whole bunch of money behind it so I feel like you have to um, have a plan when it comes to a lot of that. But we're talking about the fact that um, Twitter, who owns Periscope, they've owned them for about five years, they decided that they're shutting down their video streaming site, saying that one, it's really expensive to upkeep, and two, like people just aren't using it. And I had talked about this on a stream with, on the TubeBuddy channel actually, we were talking about how People don't understand how expensive it is to store data for video streaming. And if people knew, then maybe they wouldn't give uh, YouTube such a hard time sometime where they're basically, people are uploading 500 hours of content every minute of the day on YouTube. And YouTube doesn't charge users to actually upload content, which I feel like at one point in the future, I would not be surprised if it wasn't pay to play where you basically have to pay a monthly like almost membership fee to YouTube to be able to upload videos and maybe that would weed out a whole bunch of the people who you know put out a lot of content that no one ever watches and who aren't necessarily taking it as seriously I'm not saying that you have to take it seriously but I'm saying that or maybe it might stop some of these like um, channel re-uploaders or maybe it would actually um, help reduce the amount of noise just by having some sort of pay gate behind it. Um, yeah, people will never be happy, but that's that's always the thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I have to wonder, so all of the people who have been streaming a lot on Periscope, if they were making money from it, I don't know how much money that is now then going away from their lives, um, you know, and I want to know what platform are they going to go to next? Are they going to go to YouTube? Are they going to go to Twitch? Are they going to go to Amazon? Like, where are they going to go? And where are they going to stream? And how are they going to continue to make money? Because if some of those people have just completely written off, let's say, YouTube, but then Periscope is going to shut down in several months and you have to tell people like, hey, guys, come follow me on, on, on YouTube or Instagram or whatever it is you know that there's a percentage of the people that are never going to make the leap. They just, they're lazy and they forget or they don't want to or, you know, they, they forgot they were subscribed to you or whatever it is. So no one is ever going to show up on a new platform with as many subscribers as they had on the old one. Um, I haven't seen to have been on Periscope, but I know that some people that have all of their eggs. Yeah, and the whole point is just 
all your eggs in any one basket is just never going to be the right way to go. It just isn't because if you think about like um, all of the people who, like I said, were on Vero, that app lived for what, like four months? Um, all of the people who are now going to, I don't know what that one, everyone's leaving Facebook and going towards. Um, so a bunch of people are leaving that one. I know there's another one that just popped up called Community, which I'm signing up for, even though if anyone out there is a member of Community and has an invite code, will you invite me? Because all I've done is reserve my uh, username because it's not actually open to the public yet. You actually have to, uh, right now, get an invite code from someone who's already in it. All the people who were on Vine and got really, really big, a whole bunch of them were never able to make the jump over to YouTube, right? A lot of the people that are really big on TikTok right now, they're starting to create YouTube channels because let's not forget that it was, what, a month ago, two months ago, when everyone was afraid that TikTok was going to shut down or be banned from, you know, the United States because of everything with China. And everyone was freaking out. I'm like, well, if you have all of your followers only on one platform and then you know they're going to take away your ability to get monetized from them or make any kind of money otherwise with sponsorships or um, you don't have an email list in place or you know any of that stuff yeah you might be freaking out and so it's nice to see some of these creators really start to branch out and be like I also need to be on YouTube and create a YouTube channel or big on Instagram or stuff like that because you know it's really just a really dangerous place to be in when you only have one platform and I've had people who have told um, and this is in the YouTube help space I don't believe that it's best to tell people that they should only be on one platform or focus on one platform like I just I don't and let me see here oh I'm just making sure that he saw the, the link and so that's the thing though about opinions youtube coaches about whatever is that lots of different people have lots of different ideas on what works best and so for that particular uh, coach or instructor that's what they were telling their people and you know i just i think that at some point you have to reduce the amount of noise and you really want to you know once you've invested money or you like someone or in the time and all that is you should follow someone's advice yes absolutely um, but I also think that you should find someone that you jive with that like your ideas align the same because if someone comes to me and says, hey, I want you to be my coach, but the only thing I care about is subscribers, I'd be like, no, I don't want you as a client of mine because um, we were actually talking about this this morning in a YouTube accountability group. I was saying that one, I, at the tail end of this year, I'm really leaning more into the fact more than ever before that I don't need everyone to like me and I'm fine with um, people starting to know me for exactly who I am and want to work with me or not work with me because of it because just like when you want to go to the gym and start working out and get in better shape as many of us do for a new year's resolution you may have the opportunity to work with someone who does boot camp style fitness and is going to yell at you like a drill sergeant. You may have the option of someone who's just a cheerleader being like, I think everything you're doing is amazing, right? 
Yet someone who's going to come live at your house and make sure that everything that you um, eat is approved off of diet. Like there is a whole range of help that you can get and pay for and, and varying levels of service. And the person who needs to come in and have their fitness for like ballerina is not the same one for, you know, professional football player. And they're going to like different ways of people interacting with them, right? And I don't need to be for everyone. I need to be for like a specific group of people and I need to find my people and provide the info and in a way that they like so that they actually know, like, and trust me and then would want me to be their coach in the future. And I don't need to um, mess around with a whole bunch of other people who want me to change for them when they're not the type of person that I want to work with. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up if that actually makes some, some sense because I swear it does in my head, okay? All right, Daniel Batal is in the green room. I'm going to assign you to a guest position and I'm gonna bring you in. Are you ready? Give me a thumbs up if you're ready. All right, I'm gonna bring you in in three, two, one. There was, I had just seen the exact same posting that Periscope was gone, and I was like, oh, it was one of those things that when you and I had streamed not that long ago, we were talking about um, ways to sort of branch out beyond YouTube, and that was one of the things we talked about was uh, was using things like Restream to get out there and reach uh, a broader audience above and beyond just the YouTube platform. Um, and it was funny when I saw this, when this, uh, this came out, this announcement, I'm like, oh boy, I didn't have a chance to try it. I was, I was like, one of these days I'm going to get on Periscope and I'm going to, I'm going to stream to Twitter to say I did. I still have a little time though. What's you the know, effective date? March. March. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll I mean, they're ending it. Sounds like first quarter of new year. So. I'm not making any promises. I, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know if the 17 people on Twitter will be offended if I don't. <laughs> I think they will be. There. I think I think no. you need to do it though to say that you did it because you don't want to like go down in history. It's like I never ever used that thing ever. Never Not did once. it. Yeah, I was out of the loop. To hang I, your hat on. No, I was that guy. He's yeah. like, you ever try Periscope? And I was like, no, I never got around. No, I had, never. I had, I, had, I had some other things I was doing along the way, and it, I got busy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that is kind of funny that um that uh, that they have taken it down now. Twitter's one of those areas that, and really when I think Periscope, I think Twitter. Because that was one of the things that I know is that like it's one of its outstanding features is obviously owned by Twitter. You can live stream to Twitter. Um, and I always thought um, Twitter was a weird place for me. It's one of those places I've been working, trying to branch my way into. I don't have a lot of Twitter followers, it's, but it's one of the social media sites beyond um, YouTube that I'm trying to gain a little, you know, ground. And I, you know, it's funny, growing a Twitter following is is hard. I think I might be, I might have about 1500 followers. Now, let me put it this way. It's hard for me. <laughs> so don't, uh, don't make that an absolute. I just know when I try to do it, it's like, wow, man, that's, uh, that's tricky. Rude. What? I am following you on Twitter and you are not following me on Twitter. What? What's happening over there? Come on, get out of town. Mm -hmm. Oh, come on. Let's solve this. That can't be happening. I follow you everywhere else. That's how I get all these notifications. I follow you down the street. Holy crap. Wow. All right. Yeah. I say apologize for that. Yeah. See, this is why I suck at Twitter. I think we've just proved why I have problems on Twitter because I'm still working the whole thing out. I'm just mm -hmm. working it out, Shell. It's like it's a whole it's a whole thing where I'm like LinkedIn, I'm trying to get back to. I'm trying to get back to Twitter. I'm trying to figure out how to stream. You do it effort effortlessly. When you no, stream, it's a like lot I get effort. <laughs> well, what do they say, right? It, it takes a lot of effort to make things look effortless. Uh, um, 
But when you do it, it's like I get notifications. My phone blows up from multiple directions. I'm like, oh, Shelly's going live. Um, so I get the notification. So it's 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 great to see the way you do it because guys like me can learn from that and go, oh, well, that's how you do it. That's how you Stop reach a broader right audience. right now. Oh, my gosh. Stop. That's what I'm here to say, though. I've seen people being like, um, they're branching out. So I don't know if I'm spreading any secrets here, but like Dean Iman has been streaming on Twitch, you know, doing channel Mm -hmm. reviews about YouTube on Twitch. And he's not putting that on YouTube, you know, and he's on YouTube, but he's, it's amazing to see now like people really embrace going to other places and really being on the platform and trying. You know, because yeah. I just think about all of the people who do you remember Vero lasted like four months and all, when yeah. Vine shut down and I think, oh, it's Parlor. All these people now are leaving Facebook and going to Parlor, Parler right. right? And there's um And which is what like the the German attacking it. Place I think where people um think that they're free from any kind of regulation about talking about politics. But oh, what's God. really funny Good is Lord. it seems like a lot of the people that are flooding there are all of the same like mind. So they just like it yeah. as an echo chamber um, because the big man on on Facebook is flagging things as being like incorrect or like restricting speech. And I don't want to yeah. get into a whole thing about that, but it's just don't, like, don't go there. Don't go there. It's I a bottom. Even pit. from the way that I've spoken about it already, you can kind of imply. But um, no. oh, yeah, but- pixel. Pia in the in the chat just said she wasn't following me on Twitter either. So you're not by yourself. Well, see, and listen, I'm not going to take the blame for that. That was all her. I didn't lead her in that direction. So don't act like I'm on a vicious campaign to get people, hey, whatever you do, don't follow Shelly on Twitter. Is that it was what just, you're doing? Is that why my no. Twitter followers have been? No, just no but no, I'm going to now because I want to see if that's an effective way to take someone down no. in case I have another enemy down the line that I need to... Uh, I need to go after. That's pretty funny, though. I love Twitter, although I got into my first Twitter um, jail episode the other day. I don't know if you heard. I got put in timeout. They blocked me from accessing my Twitter because they said that I was doxing. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if you saw it, but I had made this little video because I was currently streaming on Twitch and a whole bunch of other places, but some random person came into my live stream and put this whole wall of text and just calling me names and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I was just like, okay, well, um, I'm just going to take these screenshots and do whatever I want with them. So I made like this little video and then um, he was harassing me for a while. It seemed online and then maybe it looked like it was squashed. He finally apologized and I was like, cool. But then there was a calendar invite that came through in my um, Calendly but the person's name who made the appointment was F-U, except not F-U. It's like the whole thing. Oh, right. No, there's all the letters. Yeah. All, all the letters. letters all gotcha. the letters. Right? You get it. And then, like, the phone yeah. number was, like, um, like an area code, but then, like, 69s only. And then it was, like, Mama 69 at Gmail was the email address and all this stuff. And then the, oh. the message under the notes or calendar was um, F-U, you piece of to go do something productive with your life, right? <laughs> That's the nice version. And so I took a screenshot oh. before, and I was like, I guess this guy's still mad. And then Twitter mm. put me in jail saying that, um, I guess they have bots, you know, reading, email, phone number, whatever. And I, and I appealed. I was like, can you guys look at this? Because obviously this is not someone's real information. Mr. F.U. is not really out there with this phone number and this email address. And if he is, then 
I guess that's one thing. But they were like, no, you're still in jail. Um, and I was just like, so I had to like take it down and, and delete it. But I was just like, there's no way a real human reviewed this with human eyes where they cannot no. see that this is false. <laughs> like, this is so erroneously false. This, this <laughs> like, is yeah, like, this is the perfect moral of the story here, right? Is when we tell people, and it's so easy to get triggered. I'm triggered faster than anybody because I have. I've as, seen as some of no. your responses for your comments. I have a mouth. I, I have a mouth. Hilarious, because you and I do similar things. Like you just do them in a Twitter thing, and sometimes I'll do it in a Twitter or a like a TikTok. So, but we do very yeah, similar I, things. I'm I'm waiting for someone to slap me, but it does go to show that like you you know getting sucked into the um the conversation with trolls. It just never works out. I mean, I and, and I'm the first one on Twitter to, to like make fun of someone who says something that I think is hysterical, whether it's hysterical because they made fun of me and I thought it was really funny because they they took a really good stab at me that I thought was you know mean but really clever, um, or if they said something that was so stupid, I'm like, well, I have to now go post this on Twitter and, and mock them for saying something so silly. Actually, but I yeah, post I, one today. <laughs> well, you know, like you have the people who in your comment section will say something like, "Video starts at." blah 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 yeah so i had that th today and it was like video starts at um one minute eight seconds and i went in and it, actually it starts at zero semicolon zero zero like that's when the yeah. video starts <laughs> i get like... those that's a new thing i've been getting those recently where people will go in and be like uh you know if i make a a three minute video that's showing you know and i'm pretty quick to the point i don't waste a lot of time but if I'm showing how to do like a specific thing in a video editing software, I get that. People come in and be like, oh, he shows you exactly how to do it at, uh, you know, 57 seconds. Like, <laughs> I know. It's like, can you not you just let people watch the video? It's like, I don't Listen, know if you think you're being helpful, but it's actually right. hurtful. <laughs> Thanks. As in, like, like whatever I have to say in the first 60 seconds isn't important. It still is. <laughs> right. Like, as if we need chapters to our to our videos that are three minutes long. I, I don't know. need chapters. It was actually <laughs> a, a three-minute and, like, 30-second video. And they're like, starts at 108. And I was just like, no, it really does start at 0.00. .00. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, it, 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 at least people are interacting. I guess we have to look at it that way. There could be people who don't care anything about what we're posting so um it's a good thing that they react i you know i will say that i'm a lucky i'm a lucky guy that um the vast majority of, of interactions i have on any of the platforms are um usually very civil i've got a great community and the people are usually really great new people coming in and people who have been on the platform and have been following the stuff i do uh so i'm i'm very blessed that way and i and i've never um taken that for granted but yeah you do get one every now and then and you go what what are you thinking as you're typing this? <laughs> Have you had anybody uh, track you down on one of your other socials and then ask yes. for specific help on video editing? I had that today or yesterday, and this person messaged me, and they were like, um, I think they left a comment because I went back eventually and I saw another comment, but it was just like, I need to learn how to do this. Not like, hi, how are you? Enjoy your videos. Thank you so much. All of this stuff. It was just like, Tell me how to do this, and I was just like, <laughs> and it, it, it you know wasn't what I that did? It was hard. It was just annoying that it was just like you bypassed this la layer of civility of like, hey, how are you? Niceties, right? And just gone straight yeah. in for the ask, and I was kind Craziness. of like a little offended by that, and so I was kind of like, do I respond? <laughs> because if I do, then it opens the door to like this. So how do I politely say like? leave it to comments on you like i i feel like is there's some this, line I, 
where I, I they come I, into my DM space, right? Is that I, just me? I get, I get comments that from on YouTube videos that the person will say, "Hey, check your messages on Facebook." <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, and I'll, I'll be like, no, I'm not like, but then I'll be, you know, and three hours later, I'll be on Facebook and there'll be the pile of stuff. People trying to um, ask me questions on Facebook, which I really don't answer a lot on Facebook, especially not in private messages. That's, I, I don't yeah. think DMs are for that, but then I'll pull them out to just delete the stuff. And it'll be like, Hey, how do you do this in Filmora? I'm like, wow, you went out of your way to ask a question in private message but then went to my channel, whereas that's how you know me. That's how you know that I have a connection with Filmora. And you went to YouTube to post a, me a comment saying, go back to Facebook and check your messages. I kind of pawn, I pawn that off as I think some people, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. But I think, you know, sometimes people see that you have like a silver play button and they go like, I, I want to I take this to the next. Our relationship needs to go to the next level. We need to have DM conversations. I need to yeah. be able to DM you when I have a question. And unfortunately, that's I, I don't that's the reason I stay away from DMs because I mean I, I have thousands of comments every day. Imagine yeah. if they all turned into direct messages as well. My phone would be exploding all day long. Yeah, and I fear that because it's like one of those like I don't want to be rude, but I do want to politely set this boundary that it's not okay to unsolicited like I'm not opposed to having conversation in a DM and moving things there if I invite you if there's a specific purpose and if you're polite, like I have like these layers of like, it's okay. And I felt like this was just like showing up on a first date and then being like, so are we going to get married or what? And being like, <laughs> I think we've gone a little too far. Let's start with hi, nice to meet you. My name is, you know? Right. And I was just like, I was a little bit like irritated, I guess, to be honest. And I'm just, right I'm going to put so. this out there for like people like, it starts with a YouTube comment or maybe a tweet, but like going straight into someone's DMs is kind of like a sacred space. And I just, I didn't necessarily appreciate it. I did answer the question, but I did say like, if you have additional questions, I offer an e-course about editing from front to back, please visit this website. And I, I tried to, like I answered yep. the question and then I ended with that because I, I kind of wanted it to be more clear that it was like, not that this wasn't okay, but like, I don't want to continue this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, when I was, when my channel wasn't as big as it is now, I would be super polite and I, and I would always try to say like, Hey, you know, um, maybe I'd answer their question and say, Hey, do me a favor though. Can you, can you put, you know, questions on the comments section of YouTube? I go out of my way. I'm one of the few guys that really is known for answering almost I've every comment. Actually leave that comment before. Like yeah. I answer way more comments than anybody. I've, and it's true. And I'm sure that, you know, on the year-end review, I think I have like 8,000 comments responded to. I'm sure yours is like 25,000 comments. You're always in the comments. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't even know. It's probably hundreds of thousands. But like anything else, I even turn off the, um, the notification from YouTube in my email <laughs> because I don't want those showing up. So I don't get all those um, year-in-review things that get sent to my email like a lot of people do. Because um, I do. I try to funnel everything in one place so that I can just – It's for me, it's allocating time. If I allocate time alloc – Allocate. What am I? Alligators. Am I? Apparently, I'm not. <laughs> I'm now, an now, now I'm a. <laughs> I'm the crocodile hunter. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I allocate time and I, I can say, all right, I'm going to go spend time in the comments section of my YouTube channel. It allows me to do that effectively. I don't have to bounce to different places to to try to um to talk to my community effectively. Yeah, it's so that's why I do that. that out like that. And yeah. so I like to also like it needs to be on. Yeah. I agree with and, you on that one. 
And it works. It's okay. And, and I think it's a lot of it is uh, people really, most people have a good heart and they really just are trying to connect and get answers. And, and a, a lot of smaller creators don't always understand. They don't, they haven't had, you know, some, you look at me, I'm blessed. Oh, too many people want to talk to me. What is, you know, what kind of stupid thing is that to say, but it is, you have to, you know, it's, it does get so intrusive that you can't get the job done. The very thing that they liked about you, your ability to create content yeah. and answer comments effectively. And people will still say to me, I can't believe you answer so many comments. The ability to do that. It, the only way I can do that is if I'm kind of standoffish on the other end and I just have to ignore DMs and private messages and go. Yeah. Well, especially Sorry. when you have like pay gate areas too, then it also becomes a thing where I know you have a membership community, right? Your battalion. So if you guys, didn't know um if you guys want to visit daniel's channel he has channel memberships available there like i know that you have a private facebook group you answer a lot of questions i know d has the same thing and one of the problems is when a lot of people um, are getting everything for free and taking up so much of your time if you're not able then to allocate the time that you were going to to the people who are paying you for additional stuff it becomes also a tough thing too because the people are like hey i'm paying and i I'm not either getting the value that I wanted or like, it's just not, you know what I mean? So, and yeah. I think that a lot of other people are just like, even when it's free and they take and take and take and take, um, they don't appreciate the time, energy, everything that it takes to do that. And then they become expectant and they become a little bit more standoffish when you say like, I have to draw this line because I have to go to my paid Facebook group now, or I have to go spend time in a members only live stream or whatever it is. And it becomes like this whole game of like, you owe me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there is. There is. There's a certain amount of, um, and we all do it. There's a certain amount of entitlement. We all have it. You know, when I walk into a Home Depot or something like that, I act like they owe me something. <laughs> but I think they've taken a lot of my money over the years too. So, but that's the very reason I have things like the the um, the memberships group. Like I have one tier. Like people take it to a new level and they've got all kinds of tiers. I'm like, it's $4.99 a month, quit at any time. <clears throat> but the reason I put that one tier is like, it's surprising how much under $5, right? Like, what do you buy? What co What do you spend $4.99 on a month? You know, a couple of cups of coffee, maybe. Um, that, that, that paywall is such a great filter for those people who would just abuse the relationship. Yeah. That four ninety nine has been great for just bringing people in who are serious, who will say, "Yeah, I'll commit to spending four dollars and ninety nine cents a month to be in a Facebook group with you and talk about my channel art and figure out my content strategy, to be in private live streams where you bring up my channel and we really dive deep onto the into the content um, and try to help me um, come up with a strategy in a group setting." Um, it's it's perfect. I love I love that aspect of it, and you'll that's like you said that ability to have those paywalls between certain things. Yes. I mean, I do this to make a living. I, 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 as much as I give away for free, I also have to make money. I try to make sponsors do the, the majority of that heavy lifting and get them on board because I want to be there for creators as much as possible. I try to keep the, keep the uh, creator and fairly affordable uh, with the exception of um, channel consultations one-on-one, -on -one, which I still, I'm the cheapest guy in the game right now. Um, but it, it's, um, you what do, you have to now? put, if like super cheap. I get I'm $249 an hour, which sounds like a lot, but licensed two Betty members get um $100 off, so it's $149 an hour. And anyone who's in my channel memberships group gets that same $149 an hour, and every month that they pay into memberships gets prorated against oh, that $149. That's smart. 
down to $99. So people who have been around for, you know, six months or so, they're like paying 99 bucks to sit with me for an hour. It all works out really well. So I, I try to build, I try to build things where, where creators have, have an opportunity to, to, to have time and really talk things out with me if they want to. Yeah. I should sit and talk with you one of these days about channel memberships because I only have three, I have three tiers, but one of the problems is, so I went back to work full time and I'm still doing stuff for my YouTube channel. And, you know, I was creating stuff for my e-course that, like, the one thing I don't have a lot of is time. And so yeah. I felt like if if it's going to be something where, like, I can start with stuff that I can do, on-screen mention, uh, access to, you know, exclusive Instagram stories, I can do, like, a um, submit your question and I can do a live stream where I answer your question type of thing. But I find it really difficult because I know that I would love to be able to, if I was a full-time then YouTuber again, I would love to be able to grow the membership into like an entire Facebook group community and helping each other and all this stuff. But it is tough, man. It is, it is tough to maintain that kind of like. It's a devotion of time. And my yeah. theory has always been not to get on a creator sidetrack here. It's my, my approach to, because I'm, I'm newer to this platform, right? I'm only. Really, I've only this channel I have now is is on it only years? turned yeah it two years in July yeah July eighteenth was the two year mark and it has been <clears> phenomenal <throat> though watching you grow Thank like you. I remember Thank like you. I remember even yeah even when it was like forty thousand and then fifty and can you guys get that you know and I I've been there I've been there man. yeah it's been a workout but my goal was I looked at it like listen. I want to make really high quality con comment and I want to be there for the, the community members and the people who watch my channel as much as possible. Um, but I got to make a living at this the amount of time. It's, it's a lot of hours. So I, I had very specific goals of, it was a really simple strategy where I said, <clears throat> I, I want to make sure that everything I do is a five figure income in and of itself. And if I can get at least, I'll start if I can aim for 10, if I can get 10 five figure incomes, well, there's there's a pay there's a real yearly income, right? There's something you can live off of. So if they can, if I can get each thing to be, you know, five over ten grand, basically a piece. Uh, and and um, one way to really push um, the AdSense thing was to do a channel memberships because it all gets paid through AdSense. So once yeah. you start adding in, oh, you can grab another five dollars here a month, another five dollars here a month, another five dollars here, and really put value in and get people really excited about the group. It was a really great way to help build that out, so that that's a that's a you know my AdSense numbers with everything included now is a really nice chunk of change. So it, it's worked out really well. See your AdSense money like folds and mine like jingle jingles. Like <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I hear you. I've been, I've been there. I've been there. Um, trust me. There was a moment in time where my girlfriend, I looked at her and that I was a lot of people that and they, they know I was a musician, but that's been so many years since I've really made a living playing music <clears throat> professionally. But I, I, but I was a general contractor. I owned a renovations company for over three decades, and that's how I really made money. So to be able to look at my girlfriend and go, hey, listen, um, I'm getting old. I'm getting broken. Uh, I think I'm going to try something other than construction. She looked at me like, well, we, you know, we've been together for over a decade. She's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm thinking YouTube. And she just looked at me like... All right. <laughs> you know, like it was that. Look. Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, and there was a moment where I had to sort of figure out how to how to get out of the thing I was doing and into the thing I wanted to do. Um, and it was really tricky. It was dangerous and messy and ugly. Um, but the, the, the bottom line was once I landed on my feet as a, as a full time content creator, 
there could be no limits. It had to be all the time, get the revenue running. Just It was just crank, crank, crank. And that's why the channel grew quickly is I was in full on panic mode about building something that was a business <laughs> more than anything else that could drive revenue. I remember I had, um, the first time I was retiring, I had saved up basically almost like a year's worth of like runway. And I was like, I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to, um, I'm going balls to the wall. <laughs> I, I feel awkward saying that. <laughs> right. when, There's when a female I version of that that I, I won't go down I know. That. And then be, I actually, we'll I don't know out. if you saw the wheels turning. I was like, should I turn it into a female? And I'm like, I think that's worse. So I have to go back no, no, to the male no. version. Balls of to it. the wall. Stick with it. Yeah. No, I literally like, I was, I was like, convert it. No. And then I panicked no. and then I was like, no, I'm going back to the inappropriate. It's still inappropriate. Let's just do yeah, it. Just... Anyways, um... Remember, that Remember that time that you went boobs to the boardwalk? I mean, it was. <laughs> That's actually not the one I was thinking. So thanks for. I was for... trying to keep it. I was going PG-13 on thanks this one. Thanks for teaching me that one. Um, no, but then uh, as, as life happens, we were doing like a home remodel, which ends up being mm. very, very expensive because yeah. of you general contractors and whatnot. And, uh, Things are expensive. I know that that was <laughs> that's the reason I went back to work. So I'm hoping one day again to retire. We'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's strategy. It's it's definitely strategy. What are your what's your uh, so I have you here. Uh, what's your strategy for the upcoming year? We're so close to 2021. This is stuff people following along love to hear because I'm always interested. I know what my strategies are uh, moving ahead into so the next year. If I tell year. you mine, thinking? you're going to tell me yours. Uh, what are we going to have here? We're going to have a measuring contest? No, I will come up <laughs> short in a day. What is it? A yeah. day late and a dollar short every single time. Have you met me? <laughs> I am the um, queen of ideation and the executioner of nothing. <laughs> like, you should put that in your on your business I card. Should. Right. Because that's the thing is, also like, yeah, if I work with people, I can give you ideas all day long, and then I'm like, just don't do as I do. I can tell oh, you what to do. Just it, that is that's not just you though. That's all of us. I have the best advice for other people when they're trying to get moving forward, and I've watched and helped creators crush it. And then I look back at my channel and I went, "What have you been doing the last three months? Look at your You've numbers. Been doing you? all right. You've been doing all right." Well, I don't want to interrupt you. Tell me, you remember what? Oh, no. At one point, I think this is just a personal aside. This is nothing to do with you. But there was a time when I was watching both you and Dee, like, and your subscriber numbers grow. And it was in the midst of my 18 months straight of not growing subscribers where I just literally had a meltdown, breakdown, crying, being like, what the F am I doing with my life? I make videos and no one watches them. Look at these guys coming up and just, I mean, it has nothing to do with you guys. You know that, but I was no, just feeling, you got to hate somebody else. <laughs> throw that hate at me. I'm a good, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a sponge for it. But it's not like I was like, they don't deserve it. It was more of the spotlight of like, what is wrong with me? Why have I not figured out my life yet? Like these are examples of people who are doing the damn thing. And I remember just being like, why can you not get your shit and your life together? Could you just put on your big girl pants and actually do something with your life and your channel? And so that was a big state of like self-wallowing grief for like a long time. Just being like, dude, you suck. I don't know what you're doing, but 18 months hasn't shown you that your channel's not growing. Like, <laughs> I was like, Cause it was 18 months, no growth. And you guys were 18 months in and like 50, 60,000. I was just like, what am I doing with my life? So. Yeah, and and it, that's a great example of how you know we are all individuals and we are all unique and we and as much as we have overlap in our niches, um, we're very different creators and it's just sometimes it's just 
it's just no two channels grow the same way, right? Or no two oh, brands yeah. grow the same way. No success story <clears throat> on YouTube is like the same. No. Ever. There's just no, there's no cookie cutter to it. And people will say that, like, how many videos do I need to put up before I'll get, a, you know, 10,000 subscribers? And I'm like, as many are you as kidding? it takes. Yeah, that that yeah. when you hit 10,000 subscribers, count, and that's how many it took. <laughs> because exactly, yeah, because some people it's, it's like, I don't know, if you're Janelle Van Girl, one. If you're Kelly Spears, right. I don't know, twenty. If you're right. someone else, um, so my friend Rosh Sillers, um, and he has a podcast and. I think yeah. he's done I've been on thousand, podcast. Yeah, right? He's done a thousand yeah. videos and he's at 3,000 subs. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I don't know what that, if that doesn't tell you everyone's story is different. I mean, there's three examples <laughs> right there. <laughs> but, you know, Rosh is funny because he'll be the first guy to tell you like, yeah, I've had my moments where I've, I've veered out of my lane and I didn't necessarily want to commit to getting on one path. And, and jogging at that pace, knowing that I'd have to jog at it for, you know, 15 months. And that's part of it too, is like, there's a commitment level that, that can take away your sanity. Um, like I said earlier, the thing that saved me was I was, <clears throat> I was leaving one career. So, you know, the option was, okay, you're out there daily ripping the second, you know, the roof off of a house and adding a second story on with crews of guys. And, you know, this, you know, it's just trucks running all day long and back and forth and gear and complaints. And so to me, it's like, well, what's this other option? I have to make videos consistently about the same topic and make sure that they connect with an audience. I'm like, that seems easier than ripping up, you know, like a basement <laughs> and trying to get, you know, a, a bathroom installed in someone's basement. I'll go with that. So there's perspective for me. Yeah. But now I look and I'm like, now I haven't really been publishing consistently because of the sponsored content I'm putting on so many other channels that I got now, now I'm a cushy, old, whiny creator. That's like, when am I going to have time? I wish I had a moment to myself. <laughs> it's and like, that's the thing. So yeah, YouTube is like that as well, because I, well, you wouldn't know this because you're not following me on Twitter then when I posted this. I am I was, now. I, I know. That's, that's why I said do. you have to go back and read. But I was saying way back in the day that, um, this was like two months ago, not that far back. I was saying everyone who thinks that being like a full-time creator or just a YouTube creator is so easy and so cush and there's no real work involved, I would say, try it. If you're trying yeah, to make a living, try it. Being consistent, doing all the stuff, being on all the places, responding to all of the comments, working with sponsors, being your own boss, like all that stuff. It sounds great, but you guys see a 10-minute polished video every Sunday and you don't see the crying, the breakdown, the fighting, the, you know, giving up, going to parties or whatnot because you have to edit, bulk recording, like any of that stuff, you guys don't want to see that or you're just oblivious to it. And and it's not until you get in and then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I've missed uploads for like the past three months. I'm like, what happened yep. to it? It's so easy. Just put out a video a week. You know, I'm just like, try it. <laughs> but I was saying. The, the layers I, that come a lot, the layers that come with it, like that stuff you're talking about, like everyone thinks, oh, it's just like making videos. That is so making videos on my channel is such a minute part of what I do to make a living now um, that it's almost hysterical. Yeah. And it's every single layer has its own new layer of complications as well. You got a new set of worries. There's never any like just sit back. I don't have to worry about anything ever again type of thing. Like you will always worry about something, whether it's yeah. something analytical, something with a sponsor, something like otherwise, there's always something. <laughs> like, yeah. and the and the tough part is there's usually never because you get to work for yourself which is awesome there's also never anyone being like hey 
you should stop responding to comments now. You should stop thinking about your next video. You should actually take a break now. And it's not until you reach this brink of exhaustion slash whatever self-pity <laughs> that you're just like, I'm burnt out and I can't do this because you don't prioritize self-care because it's always hustle, go, keep creating, yeah. keep going, um, get more, more, more. So that's definitely a thing. So you wanted to know what is my 2021 strategy. Yes. And then I said, I countered back with, if I tell you mine, you're going to tell me yours. I will. I'll definitely. I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I was trying to be focused on in this last year as well um, was I have wanted for a really, really long time to speak at a conference, get on a stage, be a presenter somewhere. And I thought that this was going to be the year that I was going to like pick a topic, actually do that type of thing. And then everything was online. But the beauty of everything being online is that I still got to actually be in a lot of conferences as a presenter. It was just all online. So I kind of accomplished one of the things that I really wanted to do because I don't know what it is, but I feel like sometimes when I'm in the mix with like Nick, Roberto, um, you know, all the people that are speaking, the Nimmons, anything like that, it's kind of like this whole like, well, you've never spoken at VidSummit or you've never been on this stage or why should we listen? And, you know, it's tougher, not only as one of the smallest channels that one shows up on TubeBuddy or is in this group of kind of like friends or people that I always feel like everyone's up here and I'm trying to be like down here being like, guys, include me. Guys, I'm okay to be here. Guys, yeah. like, and literally guys. Um, but a lot of guys, a lot of guys. Yeah, a lot definitely of dudes, a lot right? of guys. And so I really wanted to like kind of at least have something this year to just be like, this is mine. I did it. And so like I released my e-course this year. Right. So like finally, right. and I spoke at technically it was a panel, but I spoke at Vid Summit technically. Right. And I did a couple of other conferences all digitally, but it was like, no, someone is going to know my name and it's going to like, I'm going to become worthy or worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I want to focus on in 2021 is because I know for me and my channel that it's not driven by a lot of views as a tutorial channel sometimes for things. So I'm never going to make a ton of money off AdSense. Like it just isn't going to happen because I just don't get those types of views to do that. So 2021 is really focused on, I want to do more speaking things and things that are paid. I want to actually build out my own coaching business more and I want to create another course. So um, those are the types of things that I'm focused on. My next course is actually one that's dedicated entirely to vertical video because I think vertical is like huge and you know yep. it's it's like a strong passion of mine so I want to be known as the vertical video person. So whether that means only posting more content on the vertical video channel or like a lot that focuses here and whatever like I am going to be the vertical video person. So that entire next e-course is only around vertical video, the sites to take it, the apps I use, why you want to use it as a business, that type of thing. So I want to get known for that. So. That's, not, that's a great plan. That's a fantastic plan. I love that because I think you're right. I think vertical video in general has been tap dancing around the outskirts of creators' um, um, periphery. And it shouldn't have been because I think things like Vine, even though it went under, was quickly replaced by things like TikTok. It's 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 there. It's there to stay. There's a reason that that IGTV and and Reels and Stories and all those things show up, and the reason Shorts is here now on on YouTube um, because it is. I mean, what, I'm I'm 
I'm a elitist. I think that video should be watched this way. But the reality is, is that most people hold their phone this way when they're making a call, doing anything, going through. That's the natural nine by 16 is a very natural way to look at a mobile device. And the vast majority of content nowadays is consumed via mobile device. Actually, so, so during that, one of the talks I was talking about is 70% of all traffic on YouTube is done from a smartphone, first of all, yeah, which is crazy. But more than 80% of the time when people are watching on a video site, they're actually still watching it in a portrait orientation. Let that sink in. Yeah, yeah. And with then it, regardless, right? With the yeah. but that's especially so things like comments a and everything, right? Comment, but, description. Yep. But ninety-five percent of the time, about just over ninety percent, when people are holding a smartphone, period, in their hand, it's in a portrait orientation. So crazy. That is the majority of the time. No matter how you slice it, whether they're on YouTube, whether on any other video site, it's all vertical. And with all the sites right. that you can take it, and with all of the repurposing that you can do by putting that same one video everywhere, instead of having to then chop up your landscape and then whatever, I'm like, it is so easy to see that this is the future this is a no brainer right here it's like it's going to be everywhere it already is yeah. everywhere but anyways continue totally your plan no i i'm you're not too far off it's funny it's like i i always tell people that they you know the creators i work with and trying to get them out of their day jobs i always try to get them to um set some goals some realistic goals about what it is they're trying to achieve and i i certainly did the same thing um, last year, my goals were not too dissimilar than, than yours are, is I said, all right, I, I want to make sure that my, um, my, cause I'd only been a year into it. I said, I want to make sure by the end of the year that my income is a solid six figure income doing this thing that I, that I'm doing, which was a lot of work to make that happen. Um, um my other goal, as I said, I, I wanted a silver play button and it's still sitting in the box next to me waiting, waiting for, for d. d i know d. i love so, that so much that you're waiting for him like yeah i want to do it with it it was weird we, were, we crossed know. the line at the same time and he I just hasn't that. been back because of covid he hasn't been back to his studio he's trapped in another country kind of going i'm just going to wait till things get better um and the other thing is i said <clears throat> i i wanted to um i wanted to have a speaking gig too and that's what i ended up doing um that was that you know that when we talked earlier about it you'd be surprised how many things go beyond just creating content. Um, I, I, I showed up twice at, at VidSummit Worldwide, one on a panel for TubeBuddy with, um, with uh, Trina Little and Andrew Can, but I was, um, I was, did a, on my own speaking engagement, my own stage where they sent the crew out to film. <clears throat> but uh, part of that deal was like, talk about crazy things was, um, you know, I had to put together an event for the East Coast area and everybody, it's COVID, who are we going to get? I was able to convince Cody Warner to come up from Pennsylvania um, he drove up to um, New Hampshire. Okay. We found a spot. I had, to, I had to find the location. I had to book the location. I had to go out and like pick up like backdrops. And I mean, it was a whole thing. I had to talk. It was event planning. Um, all while I was flying back and forth from California because my mom was battling cancer. So when you say making videos and putting them on your channel, thinking that's the kind of thing that's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the easiest making thing. videos. <laughs> <laughs> Making videos is not that hard. It's it's time consuming, but when you really want to um, achieve another level and you set goals, you're going to be battling stuff that you you just don't see coming. That you go, holy cow! There's so much on my plate. I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. And it's it's that ability to nose in and say, all right, I'm going to try to eat this elephant one bite at a time, uh, and that's the best I can do. A lot of communication, and um, 
it was a long way around to get into the question that we were talking about is what are we doing this year? And I, I've, um, I've embraced the, the idea of shorts coming to YouTube because I, I've been focused around YouTube and branching out from there. So everything I do, it's easiest for me to try things out on YouTube and then, and then work it out. And I love the new shorts feature because I approach it completely different than everybody else. Um, I've got an entire strategy that I'm building out. D and I will be on the TubeBuddy channel at the end of the month talking about things people don't understand. Like, you don't, you, you even put a shelf, um, sh a shelf, short shelf on your channel via mobile device. You have to go into desktop and add it. You, people don't even know that. Like, you, you put, you, I went to channels that we, they, there was creators that went and built their whole separate channels just to do shorts because they worried about how it would affect their their other channels. And then I went over to their shorts channel. It doesn't even display as a short shelf. There's so much confusion around the launch of this new shorts product, which is very different than any other product that YouTube has launched to date. It's not like the community tab where they give people a community tab and here it is and that's where it exists. And if you post something, it'll send out an alert, but it's going to be there conveniently on the, the community tab. It's not like um, stories where you do a YouTube story and it shows up just on the story shelf and it'll send out, you know, sometimes some kind of an alert, but usually it just shows up as a story that you can click on someone's avatar or icon and get to their stories. And then you have to rifle through them oddly. YouTube shorts, all of those videos can, can be surfaced in every other traffic source, exactly the way your regular content can. And then there's these odd, silly limitations where if you use, if you have the shorts camera, it'll limit you to 15 seconds. Then you can't add end screens and cards because those things don't display on the shorts player. Right. But if you upload from tr the traditional method via even mobile device or using your desktop, but you're using not the shorts camera to upload that, create and upload that content, now you suddenly get up to 60 seconds and you can add end screens and cards and those shorts can be monetized and can, can make money it. yeah i think it's really weird because also if you don't upload through the shorts part of the app you can't use the music and if you yeah. use the same music inside of one that you just upload yourself from like let's say it came from tiktok you would get hit with the dcma yeah. <laughs> like yeah. but not it's, for the 15 second for inside it of is, it's weird it's all over the place it's the most um you know, frantic launch of a YouTube feature ever. And I've been loving it because of that, because it it's not just, I remember when they put out premieres, you can premiere your video and I'm like, all right. And I watch, a, I mean, I work with a lot of, a lot of channels. So I see data from a lot of channels. Um, and I, I never really saw that thing, that feature really take content to the next level. And somebody, some people were able to use it effectively, but I kind of felt like, yeah, it's another kind of, kind of gimmicky thing that you can do to kind of reach your audience. <clears throat> but the shorts feature is going to be completely different. I think I've already shown, um, the thing that's, that's really important about shorts is you can use them to funnel viewers back to your long, your long form content. I put up two shorts. And neither of them even started driving shorts traffic from the short shelf till days in. And they had already driven, you know, three, 4,000 views from other traffic sources. And when I used them to funnel viewers towards existing longer form content on my channel, I was able to drive 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 extra views in that given week to the other content I was funneling towards becoming the highest suggested video to that content, not by one or twofold, by tenfold, by tenfold. It's a content that had hundreds of thousands of views and drove a thousand views a day. 
and was driving recommended traffic from all over the platform, I was able to drop, drop a short that would dominate suggested and become my own best suggested traffic. Yeah, I could see That's you doing the, a whole bunch with like the short Zach King type effect where you literally do a 15 yep. or 30 second, like check this out and you do the effect in it. And then be like, if you want to learn how to be able to do something like this, I have an entire video on it and like linked yep. and like. Really fast. That's why there's just, there's, people forget like these, even no matter where you upload a short from, they all have descriptions, whether you use the shorts camera or whether you upload traditionally. And those descriptions in either way allow you to put clickable links. People forget that by definition, YouTube tells us suggested traffic includes videos that are found from links in the descriptions yep. of other videos. So it is the easiest way to start creating stronger suggested traffic to your own channel. Yep. Um, and and you're right. It's like, I'm an easy one. I, I saw it too. Like, oh, I can take these kind of little hooky things that I do. And then, hey, if you want to learn how to do this, I'll actually show you. And it's just really quick pushback. But I've been talking to everybody. Like uh, guys like, yeah, guys <laughs> like, um, but, but it's everybody, right? Like my friend, you know who Paul Peck is? Dre's yeah. a drywaller got a really successful channel he's probably got 130 140,000 subscribers and he's a real he's a drywaller in real life yeah. that's what he does he you know but he's got the you know like the, the watching him get up there on stilts or whatever and you know get out the trowels and just make a you know take a wall or a ceiling and make it smooth is one of those visually stimulating asmr for diy people mm -hmm. right if you do it yourself it's like wow it's like watching people carve epoxy so a floor or boxy or, or uh, resin painting when they do the acrylic yes, pores the resin you know or, also like on the table like the wood table oh, yeah. yep or ever see those like crushing machines where they just drop yes. like bikes into these things and it just i will sit and watch that stuff because there's something visually satisfying and that's the big thing that i keep trying to tell people about shorts is stop trying to treat shorts like it's a new feature and it's like TikTok and you have to treat it differently it's, it's content on your channel like anything else. It's just shorter, up to 60 seconds, depending on how you upload. It's going to be vertical. So the ask is only on the part of the viewer who's going to, you're saying, hey, hold the camera normally upright, 9 by 16, which I think, like you said, they're already doing. Um, and, the, and then other than that, it's really like on our end, it's things like if you're going to upload normally, just put the hashtag shorts in the title or in the and or description. That's it. And then, and then publish as normal. But put out value, put out value, put out content that, you know, people think like, oh, I'll put a quick ad, like, go check out my channel. Well, who wants, if you're watching a short and you're loving that like TikTok paradigm, right, where things get rifled at you and you see a, a short come up that says, hey, go check out my channel, you'd be like, I didn't get past that. What is that? But if you take something and you put value into it and you show someone something that the, the short alone has got a ton of value, is true to your value proposition on your channel, so that it would make sense for that person to go, oh, I'd like to see the longer form. Like you said, like acrylic pouring where they do the painting and they're dripping the paint. They show the really cool, quick thing of that. You're like, that's awesome. And you have a quick little overlay that says text like... Um, Learn more, click the link in the description. Uh, watch this full video, uh, learn this technique, full link in the description. Something simple so that the thing alone um, was tons of value and there was so much value because they're only, they can be 15 seconds long. Guess who's more likely to see that little snippet of text at the end that says, hey, click the link in the description. You've got, you've got average view durations of, you know, 75, 80, 90%. They're making it to the end. So put your little quick at the end. Hey, click the link in the description. Get them over there. Drive more traffic. These are the kind of ways that I think creators really need to rethink. That's going to be a big part of my strategy this year is taking the thing that I already do and incorporating shorts and vertical video in a way 
that does all the things that my other content already did. It drives more awareness to my channel. I think creators should be their own best salesperson yes. and should be figuring out minute by minute, what can I do to get more people aware of my brand, aware of what I do and get them watching more of my content? Right on. I think that that sounds like a good strategy. I, I, actually, a lot of it is something that we're kind of like aligned with. And I think that um, Dee has maybe some plans as well to really break into some of that kind of um, maybe because, you know, there's so much of it that's done on phones. And now he can, you know, he's already doing stuff on TikTok. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him start doing more like editing tutorials on a phone. Um, that I, could, I could tell you he's critical. He already is like he's the guy who came forward. Like he's in my members only group, and there was a lot of that we were talking about working through shorts and stuff. <clears throat> and there was, you know, some of my members were saying like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm playing around with shorts." And you know, D was saying, you know, telling them it's you know it's not too different than than kind of the TikTok thing. And they're like, "Oh, I, I don't have time to start a TikTok, you know, channel or profile." And D was the one that said to him, "You've already made the content. It's already there. If you're making shorts, it's there." just upload it to TikTok and just upload it to Instagram. And like the, the light bulb moments when you realize, oh, if you embrace shorts, not only can, if you're a YouTube content creator, not only can you all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, have, start putting out content that has an extra layer of traffic that all your other videos don't, you now have this new short shelf traffic, um, but you are now creating content that easily is repurposed onto a lot of other um, platforms that you may not, and that's your strategy, yes. right? And it, it plays right over. So these abilities to 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 uh, lev accept, uh, uh, you know, attempt, take a shot at some of the new YouTube features, not only expands your ability to make content on YouTube, but it opened the door for you to just take that content and go put it somewhere else and go, I'm going to just put it there. And let's see what it does. And have you heard that um, TikTok is actually going to be expanding somewhat in the future to up to three minutes long? Wow. Yeah. So I kind of wonder what that is going to do, like, for their user base and, and watching and everything. Because unlike YouTube, I feel like the longer the videos get on TikTok, the more people would rather watch it on YouTube where they've got things like variable playback, uh, fast forwarding, rewinding. Because if you miss something in a TikTok, and let's say it's 60 seconds, there is no rewind. You have to just watch it again. And, and, and hope you catch it the next time. And it's like, if you know it's going to be three minutes, and why wouldn't you just go and watch it on YouTube, rewind it, and like, and, and be able to also play it twice as fast or whatever it is. Like, I, I just see, like, the longer they want to make that content, um, the more it's not a cool thing to watch it on TikTok anymore because part of the like, appeal of, on TikTok is that short form, quick hit. Um, and they already have, like, five times longer session stays than like youtube could ever dream of yep. already yep. so i'm like i feel like they're going to be cannibalizing it in some way and turning it into people just driving traffic into a different platform because of it. does that make sense yeah and i think that's the nature of the beast because listen they know who their competition and who's the biggest video player on the market and it's youtube they're the, the, the biggest youtube uh, biggest video platform on the market is youtube and of course youtube is taking tiktok very seriously and tiktok is taking youtube very seriously and they're going to test the waters and see how these audience respond to trying different things. Mm -hmm. um, there's like the short shelf right now, you know, I, I mean, my gut is this thing should not have been launched this early. It got launched this early because India banned 
TikTok. Yes. And that's why this was launched in India first with the camera and the player well, to try to take advantage to of that 30%. There because the, the user base is smaller than the United States, but it's yep. a great testing beta ground for an audience it was that already 30 per, it. It was 30% <laughs> of TikTok's user base, though. So think about that. 30% of the downloads of TikTok were coming from India when they wiped that out by banning it. But you look at TikTok and TikTok is a slightly different piece where a video will play and it'll just keep repeating itself until you flash forward and go. And it's an endless cycle. Shorts right now plays the, the short and then moves and on to the, the next, next short. One. Yeah. And, and shorts, if you've ever stopped and looked at the short shelf, is 15 across. If you go, if you scroll to the right, 15 across and then it stops. If you choose one of those 15, you can go 50 videos down and it stops. So the entire depth of field on YouTube Shorts is 750 videos at any given time. That's why Shorts is important right now. That's why it's important because if you get into that 750, now yes, someone can click on your name, they can go to your channel, and if you properly set up the the shelf through the desktop or through the desktop app, then they can they can explore more of your content. But it's not an easy find. You got to keep back no, stepping not. in and out. Not like TikTok where you swipe and you go, oh, there, I can watch more. Now I'm going to go right back into the TikTok player. But the YouTube shorts is very limited. Um, and that's, I think, my, I personally think is why we're seeing these like huge spikes and then videos will drop off because the minute they don't, they don't get the, re they get recommended, they're not getting clicked. They're not sitting in that traffic source the same way um, content across the platform can sit in suggested at any given time because it's suggested browse all of that search can be in an infinite amount of videos deep as far as you're willing to scroll you've got 750 videos and some of those repeat on the short shelf you, you when you're in and you're getting surfaced you're there when the minute they kind of pull you out of rotation for that the viewers that no not everybody gets served the same videos but for the viewers that are that that are getting served the kind of content that you might get served in that batch it's a very narrow, it's a very shallow depth of field. And when you're not getting surfaced, you're just out. You just lose all that traffic. So it's it's interesting. There's so many angles on it that um that I'm loving I'm loving the insanity of the short shelf. It and the is short definitely player. insane. I will say a, a few things that I don't like about some of these. So TikTok, I hate that they there is never a date on the person's video. So you never know until you're scrolling back on their profile and you see the one, the indicator that says just watch and it could be 30 videos down. And that's the thing about TikTok and the algorithm is it will resurface videos that are older just because and give it a new life. And it's so weird that the way like it, it is scary how well then the more that you use TikTok, the better that it knows you and it shows you exactly what you want to see. And that's what keeps you there for three hours at a time. Like they're very good at that. And one thing I, absolutely hate about youtube stories is that you can never if someone replies the only thing you can do is heart like or respond within another story so i can never right. actually comment back and i was just like how can that be a thing like um anyway that's just a, a little aside you're right no you're <laughs> right the stories was cr a crazy feature like i i i used it a few times and i'm like i don't love it it really felt like a different thing i felt like i had to i it was existing outside of the of the platform as an as a as an independent feature where that's why I love shorts. It's definitely as messed up as it is. As messed um, up it, as it, yes. It's integrated in and you're right though, but there's advantages like TikTok. It's not easy to point someone towards a clickable link. You can't leave a clip clickable link in the comments or there's no real descriptions to the videos. You can put a link of like to wherever you might be hosting. Either they can watch more content from you on 
TikTok, um, or or if you want to send them towards another platform, you have to you know if you want to learn a longer you know longer form video, you can put it you know in your in your profile and say you know hey go to my profile, you can find my YouTube channel, you can you know find some other things, but it's more difficult to do the things that we do on YouTube, which is really easy to get people to get down into a description and really get them easy to get them to click an affiliate link. Um, this really the, the monetizing YouTube, of it. How is, hard is it to get people to actually open the see more and go all the way down to where it is and and so. It's a lot. I'll tell you this. It's hard. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to do it when you only have 15 seconds to do it, and you're not asking them to watch a seven-minute video and then get to the end and then get down and then open up the description. Yeah. Again, this is why I'm with you when I think short-form content on YouTube is effective in a way, in a strategy sense that I think a lot of creators don't even understand yet. Yeah. Don't even understand. And TikTok could never, just like you said, never give people clickable links to the camera I'm using or the whatever it is because like you think about that, they can't click it. They can't do anything. Yeah. So, but the fact that I can have a 52 second video on my lighting setup and have Amazon affiliate links to every single one of those lights and everything in a short no. on, yeah. a, on a site where tons of people are searching for stuff anyway, like if they can get a real hold on that and in short video, I think it's going to be really big. That's that's exactly how I feel. I think that what we're going to find is the early adopters of shorts right now and the creators who, because right now, what one of the things I've noticed is going through shorts is where I'm finding content that was, um, that, that was not optimized for, it's not specifically uh, produced for shorts stuff from 2016 that just so happened to be vertical, that just so happened to be under 60 seconds long, that just so happened to have 5 million views and YouTube is dragging it in going, it fits our um, our requirements to be on the sh on the short shelf or be surfaced in shorts in the shorts player. So they're dragging it in. And I think that's one of the reasons that they said, if you upload via um, something other than the shorts camera, they that's, I think that's part of the reason they went longer. Because if they had to try to populate enough content to make shorts uh, a reasonable launch and limit it to stuff that was 15 seconds or less, they, they would have been have in trouble. Videos, yeah. So they no, opened up. I think, I think they I, also my have God, problems. Is... Just like remember Instagram when it first launched Reels, it was 15 seconds, and it wasn't until what several months in where it finally said, "Okay, 30 seconds now." So I think right. there's also some bandwidth slash engineering backend stuff that isn't in place for them to be able to support the 30 second upload yet. And yeah. I think that it's going to be one of those things as well, that eventually they're going to get to a point where, yes, now it's 30 seconds, but yeah. you just can't when it's too new and rolling out. And, and, and I've had some in-depth conversations with guys who are on the, you know, the teams on the inside that I can't mention their names. And they've, they've told me straight out that, um, you know, that, that, that the team that's developing the shorts right now is really focused on mobile content creators. It's a very mobile centric thing. So one of the things we have to understand as creators who have been on the YouTube platform for a longer period of time is, you know, we're selfish, you know, bastards that are like, you know, I want everything. I want it all working the way I want it to work. It should be perfect right now. Put it in front of me. How dare you not give me the thing that I want on this very free platform where you host everything and give me a time. I, was actually talking, wait, I have to say, I was talking about this earlier in the stream, <laughs> in the very beginning where I was saying that I think that in the future i believe that youtube could eventually go to a pay us a fee per month and then you can upload videos type of model because Possibly. it would it would take so many people off the platform and 
with 500 hours every minute being uploaded, the data storage and like server maintenance and everything is so expensive. I know that they're running out of space. If you think about what they've done with Google Photos and the fact that they're cutting everyone off in June because you can't support that many people for free forever. And there's so much data that's being uploaded. Where does it all go to get stored? And no right. one has to pay for it. I could see them eventually being like, hey, just FYI, if you want to upload videos, $10 a month, just like a Vimeo or whatever it is. Yep. I see it happening. It's a, you know, I think people get YouTube wrong. Um, you know, as much like what the other, it was last year when YouTube finally, Google decided to, you know, just, just, um, display some of the revenue that they had actually accumulated over the year from YouTube. And it was like, you know, people saw like $15 billion and they freaked out and went, look how much money YouTube's making. That was just how much revenue they drove. Um, like, Isn't I, to this, this the first year they were profitable? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. It, we can't even, we can't even um, confirm that they were profitable because what people I think make the mistake of is they think that YouTube is out there trying to make money as a thing. And the reality of YouTube is it's a branch of Google and Google's um, priority is, is they're not necessarily trying to drive revenue off of YouTube. They want it to be self-sustainable, um, but they're, they want they're in the, to be a loss leader. <laughs> they don't want to lose, they don't lose anything. They're going to keep, but they keep putting all that money back in and building it out because it's all about data. They want data of viewers. That's what YouTube is really there for is to grab is to gather data and learn more about the consumers out there, which is why we're starting to see a lot of that stuff integrate. If you watch a video on YouTube, you'll open up Google not too long later and you'll see some of the, the same advertisements. So if you looked, if you watched a video on YouTube, you'll see those advertisements on Google and vice versa. And they actually added that into some of the discovery things where they've actually said, yes, we're using some of your information from surfing Google and um, bringing that in to figure out what we might want to serve you on YouTube and vice versa. So it's very interactive. Um, and that's cool. I'm totally cool with all of that. I think the business model of what they, what Google does, what, what, um, Alphabet does as a parent company and the way that they, you know, they've got YouTube underneath it in the umbrella. It's really smart. It's just, you have to understand that it is, it's very expensive. Do I think they'll ever make it pay? I think a lot of the views come from people who are actually on the platform and are, and are, and are, have an account. So, um, if you wanted to have to charge, it could be tricky. I don't know if it'll ever get that far, but they certainly, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the monetization limits changed over time. You know, people freak out about, oh my gosh, I got to get 4,000 watch hours and 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, but you don't make any money at that point. We already saw that they started monetizing um, content that's from creators who aren't in the YouTube partner program. So there's that whole, we're seeing that they're trying to figure out ways to cover some of the bandwidth that they're allocating. Cause you can, you know, once you're verified, even if you, if you get into the YPP, you're making really not a lot of money at all. Yeah. But you can sit there and you can you can be like us. Look how much bandwidth we've used up live streaming to YouTube alone. You know, you're multi-streaming with Restream. But look how much bandwidth we just took up on the YouTube platform in our discussion. And, the, you know, they, how many ads are going to be served and how much should it cost them to host this? Yeah. And that get, now multiply that by, you know, how many hundreds of millions of, of creators out there. And you go. That's um, this is uh, this is crazy. This gets expensive. Or how many how many you know millions of billions of, of videos and hours of watch time? It's expensive. So if you guys don't also um, perhaps know what Daniel was saying, there's um, some new legislation. Well, you can't call it that because it's not government. It's YouTube. But some new rules that were um, thrown down the way, and they have said that previously, if you were not in the YouTube Partner Program, usually there's not videos shown on your ads. Um, 
you know, but now they're saying anybody, any video, anytime can have video um, ads placed on it. And it used to be also a different rule where videos had to be above 10 minutes to have a mid-roll ad in it. And the reason why creators would have a video that was 10 minutes and one second was so that in the middle of the video, they could throw another ad increasing their ad revenue and ad sets because it's one of the only ways for a lot of people that they think that they can make money. So there were rules that says, okay, eight minutes, eight minutes and longer. Now you can have a mid-roll ad. Then it was, hey, even if you're not in YPP, we're going to put ads on your videos. You just don't get any of the revenue. We get all the revenue this time. But if you were in the YPP, then you would get revenue. So also for any creator who had turned ads off, you had to go in and make sure the ads were turned on or off. It, like it, it was a thing. And so a lot of people were very, very upset about it. And so those are the changes that uh, he's referring to. Yeah, and we should make uh, people aware that it, it, they are going to be serving ads in for channels that may not be part of the partner program or yeah. are actually monetized. They are not sharing any of that revenue yep. with creators who are not in the uh, YPP, the YouTube partner program. And, so and a lot of we people not, went crazy. Yeah, if we were not in the partner program right now, this particular live stream, um, we could not control how many ads YouTube wanted to put on it. So we've been on for like, let's say an hour, an hour and 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. YouTube could decide to put an ad every five minutes and you guys could get mad at me saying like, wow, what a selfish asshole. Like she's just trying to get ad revenue. And it could be like, I don't even have any choice in that in where they're placed and I don't get any of the money. So before you get too angry at some of these creators, just know that even if they're not monetized, they may not have any control over that. First of all. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and we're not suggesting that YouTube's going to do that. YouTube, even if you set up your channel that every one of your videos should have pre have pre-roll ads, um, YouTube won't serve them every time because YouTube yeah. watches the, the uh, pays attention to the viewer watch session. So if someone watched two videos and were served an ad at the beginning of every one, even though they get yours third, and you said yes, I want ads to display at the beginning of my video, YouTube says, "Listen, we can't keep beating people over the head with ads. We want to keep them on the platform. You know, we have to learn where to drop these." So that's why you'll realize that even though all your content is monetized, you'll only see certain ones that are monetized views. Either someone didn't click the actual ad, or the ad wasn't even shown. And that's a part of a whole thing. So it all works into that um, that whole idea of understanding the platform better. The thing I yeah. thought was hysterical was this. For years, people have been saying, well, no wonder my content, I'm small, no wonder my content doesn't get surfaced. Yes, it takes away that excuse. There's, yeah, there's no ads and they're not surfacing me because they can't make any money. Well, it's like, well, guess what? Everyone can have ads now. So what's and your excuse like not now? Only that, <laughs> I don't know how many times they've come out and said like search and discovery is separate from monetization. So it wasn't yeah. that they were looking to serve up your video because you're monetized and one isn't. They have said specifically multiple times, that's not how it works. <laughs> like no. there are many well, factors what, for suggested, you know, that's not one of them. <laughs> There's a lot of tinfoil hats out there that it, oh. it's hard. It's much harder for a creator to say my channel isn't growing because I'm not doing a great job of connecting with the target audience and making yes. quality content that would make that viewer want to watch and come back and watch more. So it's a lot easier to say, to, yeah, to realize it's that. easier. To, it's easier to say that YouTube hates small creators. It's also they just the same <laughs> people who are always saying like, um, not only is YouTube trying to keep me down, but like my content is just as good as blah blah blah. Or I am. I love this one. I am doing everything I can absolutely everything perfectly and you know and i'm like look at your thumbnails like yeah. what what is the data telling you because the uh, data it's always there it's like if people don't click on your stuff if they don't stay and watch your stuff if they're not like entertained while they're like if you've only had four videos and you're upset that you're not at a million subscribers it's like and those videos were three years apart a piece like there's always a reason I 
<laughs> Listen, I've I've said this repeatedly. The worst thing that a, a creator can say is, uh, "My content is great. My 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 thumbnails look great. I'm doing I'm doing everything right," because you're not the one who's allowed to judge that. The yeah. only person that can tell you if you're doing a great job is the people that you're trying to reach or you're trying to get to watch your videos. And if they aren't clicking and they aren't watching you're not doing something right. And that can be, and it doesn't mean that you're not making good thumbnails. It doesn't mean that your content's not great. Great. Maybe your targeting is off and just a yeah. lot of people, maybe you're aiming people. for stuff. It's, it, there's always something in there that you're missing that's stopping from your channel from really uh, connecting in a way that it could connect. Maybe your, your videos are just a little all over the place and the channel itself is not focused and targeted enough to make sure that uh, the person who liked your last video would want to go on and watch the next thing that you published. There's always a reason. I always find those reasons when I sit with a channel in a one-on-one -on -one consult and go, this is what, this is it. This is it right here. And they go, Oh, I, I didn't realize. Uh, so yeah, that's the, I a hundred percent agree is um, always hold yourself accountable. I, the, the thing I tell people is it's not YouTube. It's you. It's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I would say that too. Like it, it is always something to do. And I, I think people think that I'm well harsh for lots of reasons, but like when I tell people, I'm like, either your thumbnail sucks, your video presentation sucks, your audio quality sucks. I mean, there's always a reason, you know, or you're targeting the wrong people. Like there is something down the line of checklist that is just not connecting. And once you figure it out, you'll be fine. And then you that's also the struggle. have to, that's, yeah, and that's you have to quantify struggle. what is fine. Because if you have these unrealistic expectations of, how big your niche is, how much influence you actually have to have to either make money, be successful, like choose your poison of words. Like you may only need a thousand subscribers, but they all buy something from you. That's very, very, very expensive. You know, like if you were an affiliate for like Hermes watches or whatever it is, you only need a couple people to buy it at a really great commission rate versus if you have something where you're selling crayons and you have to sell a lot to get two cents on every box, you got to sell a lot of them. Like it's just completely variant by a million different things. So. Yeah. And you have to be intentional. You know, it's not, none of these views aren't guaranteed. Um, watch times not guaranteed. Viewers aren't guaranteed. Success isn't guaranteed. It's really um, understanding what it is you're trying to create, who you're trying to create it for and putting the needs of those viewers and that target audience um, before everything else and always trying to hold true to making sure that the thing you're creating is for them and that they're satisfied by it and that they're back, they want it, they can consume it and that they want to come back and consume it again because it's not cookie cutter. The thing you're doing today that might actually be driving views to your channel a year and a half from now might not work anymore. Things could change. Things could, you know, people could lose interest in that topic or your style might become redundant or there's been too many other channels that have done it along the way that have saturated that particular niche or that style. I mean, it is, you have to be, you have to be like, you know, like a fast food restaurant, always trying to figure out what the next McNugget or McRib or whatever you're adding to the menu to get people in, to get them excited about coming back to that thing that you've been doing for years. And I think content creators, by and large, we're a little bit narcissistic, but we're a lot selfish a lot of the time. It's oh, yeah. about, you know, how many views did I get? Not how many people did I help? You know, it, it's like, it's just a, a different way of looking at it. And it becomes this whole, like, I don't have enough subscribers. I'm like, okay, how are you taking care of the subscribers you do have? Or I haven't done this, or they haven't done, they haven't bought enough of this from me. And it's like, well, maybe you did a really crappy job at showing why they would even want it or like, right. you know, like this whole experience that you just like 
it's just a weird backwards thing. And so you've said it before, and I know other people have said it, but it's about the viewer so much more so than it is about the presenter. And you're just this conduit of like information um, for probably what it is that they're actually interested in. Because so much 100%. of the time, what they want is the information, and they don't care about you. So once we start talking about our sick Aunt Mary or anything like that, then they're like, the video starts at 2 minutes and 60 seconds. <laughs> That's when they get us. They're like, those bastards, they're, they're chaptering me again. <laughs> it's exactly right. Oh, that's so funny. Hey, listen, I actually have to get back. I, I, I'm, thank you so much for having me on. I was in the middle of, I told you, rebuilding a bunch of stuff, and I, I stopped and pieced this together so I could come talk to you because we haven't talked in a while. But I actually have to get back to building the studio before it collapses around me so I can edit again for tomorrow. But um. Thank you so much for having me on, Shelly. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. All right, my friend. Um, have a great evening. Uh, and hi to everybody out there. Keep watching Shelly. If you're not subscribed to her YouTube channel, please do. And, um, and if you Daniel. don't follow her, if you don't follow her on Twitter, she will hold it against you. I'll tell you that right now. Only for a few years. <laughs> Only for a few years. <laughs> oh, wait. Hold on. Oh. Casey, uh -oh. bye. Oh, hey, Casey. Oh. <laughs> All right, everybody. You guys have a great night. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Daniel Patal. It was totally impromptu, off the cuff, and I thought it was worth sharing with you. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast slash live stream, make sure you uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel and give this podcast a review, hopefully five stars on whatever listening platform you are on. I would really, really appreciate it. There are big things coming for 2021. I'm excited to have you be part of it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are looking to up level your game with video editing, please make sure you check out iMovie Made Easy sometime in the new year. I will be raising the price, so it's kind of technically on sale now. And if you're looking to also get coaching or any kind of help with vertical video or YouTube, you can also check out the information that will be in the show notes below this episode. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for everything and all the love over this past 2020. Happy New Year. Can't wait to see you in the new year. All right. Bye-bye.